Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Let me tell you about Christian Community Credit Union's new Cash Rewards Visa credit card. It has many of the perks you'd expect with typical reward cards. Unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase, plus a $200 bonus when you spend $750 in the first three months. But what makes this Cash Rewards Visa different from typical credit cards is that when you use it, you're also giving back to Christian charities. As a nonprofit, revenue generated by using the card goes to building and expanding churches, spreading the good news of Jesus to remote areas, providing disaster relief, giving hope to vulnerable children, ending modern slavery and human trafficking, and so much more. To learn more about Christian Community Credit Union's world-class cash rewards visa, please visit myccu.com slash c-suite. Again, that's myccu.com slash c-suite. Proud to announce that a new group of Christian executives started meeting on Wednesday, June 7th, and this group is looking for additional members. Be the first and only from your industry to join the group. To learn more, visit fuelingsales.com and click on the Nehemiah Groups tab. Welcome to the uh, Covering the World in Christ celebration. It is an absolute blessing to have you here today. I am Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C-Suite for Christ, and we're about ready to kick off the VIP and Artist Circle session. This is going to be an intimate Q&A with our guests of honor today, and looking forward to not only having you learn a little bit more about these individuals, but also share in our collective faith and inspire each other to be bold and unapologetic in declaring to the world whose we are. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce our guests of honor today. Feel free to give them a rousing round of applause. Again, we're outside of the snow. We're indoors. We're warm. We're dry. Lots of reasons to, uh, to be excited here today. So the first guest of honor, the first individual on the panel, he is the former governor of Arkansas, two-time White House presidential candidate. Put your hands together for Governor Mike Huckabee. Absolutely. Next up is one of Wisconsin's favorite sons, He is one of the top Christian musicians on the planet. This guy is on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Gokey. And then last but not least, one of the most iconic names 
in the Wisconsin radio market. One of my colleagues at News Talk 1130 WISN. Let's hear it for Mr. Dan O'Donnell. Dan, I'm still trying to get used to you wearing that tie. It's uh, throwing me off a little bit here. Actually, uh, you guys can pass that microphone if that's easiest there. Right, I'll pass it. All Bye. right, so guys, it's a blessing to have you up here today. One of the things that I want to ask just to kind of get everything going, Governor, I think we're going to start with you. Why does the world need an event like the Covering the World in Christ celebration at this time? Well, I don't think we do. <laughs> Just moving kidding. on, moving on. Just kidding. Uh, we need it because it's becoming more and more difficult for a lot of believers to be expressive of their faith. And so many people uh, act as if God has called them to be in the secret service, but he hasn't. And we're in a, a time where uh, really the Christian faith is under assault. But the battle we're dealing with is a battle that most people don't recognize because they think it's a political battle or an economic battle or a geographical battle or a racist battle. It isn't. It's a spiritual battle. And the basic fundamental fight that's going on is between good and evil. And as long as we can begin to identify that and articulate that, uh, we're going to be in a much different place. But so many Christians want to just run for the hills. They do not want to engage don't want to be dismissed from the cool kids table and they're so afraid that their neighbors and their friends will call them names and can I just tell you the honest truth that's exactly what's going to happen if you take a stand for biblical Christianity you will be mocked and ridiculed um, you will be isolated you will be uh, simply put in so many places out of the mainstream. And there will be people that you have known for your whole life who will no longer want anything to do with you. You'll not be invited to their homes, not to their dinner parties. And if you're not prepared for that, then you might as well just say, I'm not going to be a biblical Christian because that's the choice we have. Uh, there is no other option. You, it used to be that you could be an outspoken believer and people would say, that's fine. It is not fine anymore in our culture. So I hate to be, sounds like a real dash of cold water right in the face, but that's just, that's a fact. We're in Wisconsin. We understand. But it is the reality of society today, and that's exactly why we have an event like the Covering the World in Christ celebration. Danny, I think anybody that ever listens to your songs really kind of has one word going through their head, passion. I mean, you are just on fire for the Lord. You're passionate about uh, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where does all this passion come from for you? It comes from the spirit that lives inside of us, right? Because when we're a born-again believer, we get the spirit of the living God. The Bible says, I'm crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live, not I Christ lives in me. The hope of glory lives in me. The creator of the universe. And he lives in you. I'm not, I sound like I'm just saying me. But it's everyone who's accepted Jesus Christ. And we should be bubbling over with passion. Because why? The joy of the Lord is our what? Our strength. So if we're depressed, 
We're not walking in the authority that Jesus gave us. If we're low in faith and high in fear, you, maybe this is why many people are, are, could be leaving the faith because they don't have a revelation of who is on the inside of them. And so, you know, when I write music, the goal is to say, God, I want to speak what you're speaking. I, I, I pray that before I write my songs because, you know, I have nothing to say. You have nothing to say. All I am, I'm like a value of a fan. It's unvaluable and has no value if you don't plug it into the power source, right? And then it accomplishes what it does. When we plug into the power source, I mean, we tap into the spirit of the living God inside of us. There's a, what, what did Jesus say? He said, out of your belly will flow living, is it rivers of water? That, that's, that's a big statement. There is a well inside of us. And maybe that's where they got this bow our heads and pray because we talk to the Christ, the Holy Spirit that lives in us. God is no longer apart from us, but he's in us. And he's, and so I'm repeating myself, aren't I? He lives in you. Let's get passionate about this thing, all right? <laughs> well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can't repeat stuff like that enough. So it's good that we continue to remember that. It's good that we continue to articulate that. So, so just like I would say passion for you, Danny, Dan, for you, I would say bold. I think part of the reason that you've risen through the ranks, part of the reason that you've garnered such a large following for your radio programs is you are bold, you are unapologetic, but it's not just with that in the political arena, it's also like that in the spiritual arena. Why is it important that so of us as Christians, why is it so important that for us, we become very bold and outspoken about our faith? Well, I can tell you're a great Christian because what you really meant to say by bold was big mouth. Uh, so that's, I, I appreciate that, Paul. Uh, boldness, whether it's through creativity, through leadership uh, that Governor Huckabee showed through broadcasting or whatever it is that we do in all of our lives, living boldly through Christ means just living who we are, living as Christ made us and who he wants us to be, but more importantly, recognizing that he loves us for who we are, and when we are reflections of his love, it's easy to be bold and to proclaim that. And Governor Huckabee, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not just you run the risk of losing friends and losing relationships. I mean, my goodness, I talk about politics on the radio in front of thousands of people. Governor Huckabee, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The 2016 election didn't make me a whole lot of friends. But we also now run the risk, whether we're political conservatives or whether we're outspoken Christians, of facing cancellation, actually having threats to our livelihood. But when we live boldly, when we speak boldly, when we live as living examples of Christ's love for all of humanity, that light actually does shine through. And when we are bold and we are courageous just by living that, there's really not a whole lot that can touch us because, frankly, the, the consequences of professional discipline or even worse pale in comparison to when you live loudly and proclaim your faith, other people follow. Other people say, you know what? Yeah, it is kind of messed up that being a Christian and proclaiming God's love is not something that's acceptable anymore in mainstream society. So the more we do that, the more we bring others into this idea that God is mainstream because God loves all of us, not just those of us who are quote-unquote cool. 
Yeah, very well said. And th th those are the themes for an event like this, ladies and gentlemen, bold, unapologetic, just making sure that we're going out there and telling the world whose we are. Now, Governor, one of the things that I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with is those moments in life where the world tells you to do one thing, be it society, be it your constituents, be it your family, but you feel your God telling you to do another thing. Can, can you remember maybe a time in your life where you felt that tug, the difference between what the world is calling you to do, what your God is calling you to do, what that situation was and why you ended up going on the side of your faith? There's been a lot of those. Uh, let me think of one that has been very much a part of my, my adult life, and that is to be pro-life. Um, I, I tell people I didn't become pro-life because I got into politics. I got into politics because I was pro-life. And for me, it was back in the 70s, in my days in college, in the early 70s, when Roe Wade was first decided. I didn't think about it a whole lot at first, but the more I did, the more I realized that this is, this is not a... Uh, legal or even a political issue. This is a moral issue. What kind of society would kill its unborn children? We read in the scripture about the Babylonians and how they would do child sacrifice. That's paganism. And, and I realized that there was a, a growing trend to believe that it was perfectly okay. And I went to an event with uh, Francis Schaeffer, uh, who was uh, the head of an event called Whatever Happened to the Human Race. This was like 1978. And Dr. Mildred Jefferson, who was an African-American uh, obstetrician and a brilliant Harvard-educated medical doctor, uh, they put together what was the most remarkable seminar on why this mattered to Christians and why it was not an option for us. And the more I really prayed, thought about it, it, it became a defining moment in my life. And quite frankly, a lot of the evangelical believers in the 70s and early 80s were not pro-life. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention was not very pro-life at that time. It was sort of ambivalent, like, well, that's a Catholic issue. Well, it isn't. Let me say, I thank God for my Catholic brothers and sisters for being faithful to this, uh, to this issue long before the evangelicals ever started thinking about how important it was that we believe that there's no such thing as a life that's disposable, that there's no such thing as a life that's expendable, that every human life has value because its value is not derived from its parents, its value is derived from its creator. God has made this human life. And therefore, we can say, well, that kid's going to grow up poor, or that kid's going to grow up disabled, or that, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a creation that God has made, and God has purpose. And for us to disrupt that purpose for our own reasons, whatever those are, is really to, to say, God, you made a really big mistake here. This child should not come into the world. And I came to the place in my life where I could not believe that there was such a thing as a life not worth living, that some lives mattered and some did not, and that there was a hierarchy of value in life and so, uh, quite frankly, in some of those early days in the 70s and 80s, I found myself at odds with other Christian believers who said, we don't need to get into those topics because they're divisive. And, you know, the truth is they are divisive. There's a lot of issues that are divisive. But at some point we have to decide, what does the Scripture teach us? And either we go with the Bible or we don't. And for me, look, I'm a simple guy. Don't pretend to be a brilliant guy, just a simple guy. 
And the simplicity of my faith is that God did not call me to be the editor of his word, just a proclaimer of it. Makes it all simple for me. Yeah, very well said. Danny, the, the same question for you. Maybe a moment in your life where the world was telling you to go into one direction, but you felt God pushing you in the other side. I, I think Governor Huckabee hit it. <laughs> that was a mic drop moment, by the way. Because <laughs> really, it's every, it's almost, you know, growing up in our society, things have obviously changed, but there is just many things that people throw away the word of God to the side and say no. You know, for instance, like a conviction of mine was to be married before I engaged in, you know, in marital activities, you know. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was not celebrated at all. But the human soul was never made to begin to rip pieces and give them to other people. It began to just tear people's, people still have issues and they, they have no idea why. It's like you said, the product that we, that we sell is the scriptures. And the product works every single time. His word never fails. We just get to be the ones that get to show the product and say, this is what he says. I believe it. Now, is it difficult to believe at times? Of course, because we have feelings. We have, a, we have temptations. We have opposing opinions. And, and like David even said in the scriptures, some people were living, you know, a, living a very ungodly lifestyle in all areas, and they look like they're prospering. But I'm going to tell you this, 50 years from now, even in this room, there's not going to be a lot of people here. You might be celebrated for 70 years on earth doing the most ungodly things, but in eternity, those who obeyed God, everyone's going to say those were the sons and daughters of God. We're going to be put on display as sons and daughters of God. And whatever this earth thought was uncool, thought was just... Um, because I'm pretty outspoken on my social media. I've taken, I don't know, I guess being in the music industry, you're supposed to, no matter, even a Christian, you're supposed to automatically just be, you know, not care, number one, and not have an opinion about anything. Almost like it's a, I don't have a voice, but I do have a voice and I have a mind, and I have the mind of Christ, so immediately I'm going to want to speak the truth in love. But it's not, people don't receive it like you would think they would. Uh, my songs have been taken off of Christian radio because of my stances on some of these Things that I felt like were just so obvious. It's even within our circles, right? Uh, but think, I'm not here trying to just put stuff up so I can look like a hero because there are, I believe there are, there are people who, are, who can create platforms off of just quoting scriptures. It's really about the truth and love. So getting back to the question, I think it's in so many different areas. Um, it's not popular to do the godly thing, but... It's the standard that God put into place. It's the standard that sets me free. It is a standard that all of us have to play by. And, 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 and it's what makes us more Christ, more patient, more kind, more loving, is the word of God, obeying God and doing the will of God. That's what I was created for. I hope that answered your question. I would say that and then some, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dan, I'd like to ask you the, uh, the same question. Is there something in your life that you can point to that was that moment for you also? Honestly, it, it feels like almost every day, you know, that I, I can't say I always choose what God wants me to do because I am the first to admit that I'm a sinner. But I think, Danny, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I know we're not supposed to talk about uh, Kanye West right now. 
uh, he's said some very unchristlike things, but there, there's something that, that sort of gets to the heart of this. I'm sure, Danny, you can appreciate this. It's from his 2004, 2005 song called Jesus Walks, in which he's actually rapping about, and I promise there are no bad words, even though he's a rapper. I promise there are no bad words. He actually raps about how you can talk about anything you want except Jesus. And he says... I ain't here to argue about his facial features or here to convert atheists into believers. I'm just trying to say the way school need teachers, the way Kathy Lee needed Regis, that's the way I need Jesus. So here go my single dog, radio needs this. They said you can rap about anything except for Jesus. That means guns, sex, lies, videotape, but if I talk about God, my record won't get played? Huh? That's exactly, I think, the conflict that all of us sort of feel every single day. And, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a microphone. Governor Huckabee, you're lucky enough to have the platform. You do, Danny, as well. Paul, you as well. It always sort of feels as though there's an expectation of what to talk about. We can talk about Joe Biden and ignoring Chinese spy balloons, which might or might not have classified documents from his garage in them. We don't know. But... It feels as though, it, that's the reason he didn't shoot it down, by the way. <laughs> exactly. But my point is that I, it always feels like you're pulled in the direction to be away from what Christ wants and what the world sort of expects of you. And I, I guess what, what I always try to do is to, uh, on every day it's broadcast, even if I'm not explicitly talking about God or Jesus, because even to a conservative Christian audience, or at least largely conservative Christian audience, you would be shocked at how many people have different ideas about religion. Shocking. I, um, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is bizarre. Everybody has their own ideas. And I say, Jesus loves each and every one of us, but me a little more. No, I just, I made that last part up. <laughs> My point is that it is very easy to get pulled away from that, but what I always try to do each and every day is to try to, and I actually say a little prayer uh, before I go on the air, just asking God, hey, even if I am not explicitly speaking the words that you might even want, because sometimes I even on the radio use words that maybe I shouldn't, uh, that I'm always ultimately getting back to your message. I hope that helps. Yeah, excellent. Well, one of the things for us as a ministry at, at C-Suite for Christ, a lot of these organizations, for the most part, we're all on Team Christ, but I think one of the things that really makes us different as a ministry is our strict adherence to the Great Commission, to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. But as you gentlemen know, that can be tough in the era of cancel culture, political correctness, Facebook jail, a litigious society, and the list goes on and on. But if we're going to cover the world in Christ, if we're going to be bold and unapologetic for Christ, we need to proactively push back against society. What one or two pieces of advice would each of you give to the people in the audience here today to live a life that is more aligned with the Great Commission? Grow where you're planted. If you're not willing to share the gospel in your own neighborhood, don't think God's going to send you to India because he isn't. If you're not faithful with little things, he won't give you big things. So there's so many people that want to start at the top, and it doesn't work like that. 
be faithful where you are and let God use you where you are. But if he keeps you in the small place, be grateful that he has a place for you. Far too many people think that how big their platform is is how much God loves them. It isn't. Some of the most powerful people that I'm going to have to look and see with binoculars when I get to heaven because they're going to be so far ahead of me in the line to meet Jesus are going to be pastors of bivocational churches out in the middle of nowhere that never, ever had a book published. They were never on TV. Nobody ever listened to their podcast because they didn't have one. Um, Their messages were not presented all over the world, but the truth is they faithfully presented the gospel in some of the most difficult places on earth, and they were faithful. So wherever it is God puts us, be faithful to the task there. And if he wants to enlarge the platform, he will. But years ago, I never will forget what someone said, develop the message, let God develop the ministry. And sometimes we're all about developing the ministry and hope that maybe a message will come to us. It's really about the message, and it's up to God to determine what the ministry of that message will be. And that's not a preacher thing. It's not for pastors and missionaries. It's for every single person, business people, um, fathers, moms. It's for every believer. What is it God wants me to do where I already am? So good. I love that. And, you know, the Bible talks about, is it Acts 2 or I think it's Acts 2 or Acts 1? They became witnesses. Witness is a legal term. They just, they saw something and they just shared it. I think part of our walk, the, maybe the simplest thing that I can think of is when you get with the Father, like my wife, my wife Leosa, she was not raised in church. She about 22 years old, I mean, never went to church a day in her life. Was a friend, invited her to, called her up one day, said, what are you doing? She said, I'm, go, I'm going to the club. Her friend said, why don't you come to church with me tonight? So she goes to church, and the pastor says, you know, even and during the altar call, she said she didn't understand anything of the message. But she said, the pastor said, even if you're going to the club tonight, you can give your life to Jesus. She went down, gave her life to Jesus, and went to the club. <laughs> But Jesus went to the club with her, right? Because now she's a believer. But she stopped going to the club. She stopped living that. She became a witness of the change that happened. She was there. She was there. She felt the power of God. She saw with her own spiritual eyes being opened up and seeing the creator. I think the simplest thing is going back to the book of Acts. And I love what you said. Governor Huckett, because, like, you look at, we, we, we tend to think that the bigger the platform, I, I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is not that way at all, just like you said. Jesus, he went to the Samaritan, he went out of his way to go to one Samaritan woman. It, it's, I'm telling you, God's eyes are not like this world's eyes. So when, when we, because I think being planted is such an instrumental piece, because how else are you going to witness the goodness of God unless you start hearing about the goodness of God? And then once you hear it, you can, your faith rises up, you can apply it, and then you can see for yourself, and then you can share with others. And so, God, make us, more, make us witnesses. We want to be open to you and see more of your goodness so we can share your goodness.
And I would actually just piggyback on that. The first step towards being open to God is listening for God, listening to God, because he doesn't speak in, uh, what was it, the, the, the cloud by day and pillar of fire by night or the burning bush anymore, but he does whisper inside your heart. You just have to know when he's speaking to you because he's speaking to you all the time. You just have to, you know, take out all of the clutter. Like, don't listen to anything but him and, and my radio show, but also mostly God. <laughs> Most, but my, my, point is, <laughs> my point is that God is constantly making himself known to us. And he's making himself known. I, I firmly believe this. He is making himself known to every single person that he created on this earth. There are just so many people who don't open themselves up, who don't allow themselves to be able to hear what he's saying because he whispers and his voice can be so, so quiet, but it is always there. And if you are first listening for that whisper, then you can go out. You can go to the club and church. You can go be a missionary anywhere in the world, especially Governor Huckabee. That is such great advice in your own neighborhood, in your own circle of Facebook friends, in the, the couples you go out to have dinner parties with. But that first step is just listening and being open to his presence. Yeah, all fantastic advice, and regrettably, this is going to have to be our last question because, gentlemen, these folks in the audience are really excited to, to meet with you and to shake your hand in the meet-and-greet piece. So this last question, if we can, let's try to keep this to 30 seconds or less. But a, a bit of a, of a fun question, I suppose, kind of fill in the blank. One thing that very few people know about me is... You're down to 20, Governor. <laughs> it's going to get real simple. Um, they probably don't know that I'm a very bashful person and that I never, ever imagined that I would be in front of people because I thought that I would absolutely pass out <laughs> if I ever got in front of people. And God has a great sense of humor. <laughs> I do think the people in Wisconsin will like to know this too. So I was blessed to have Governor Huckabee on my radio show a couple weeks ago. And this guy is very passionate about Wisconsin cheese curds. Yeah. Hallelujah. So he is, he is <laughs> one of us. Squeaky. Squeaky cheese curds. Yes, sir. And even as a southern boy, not fried cheese curds, fresh, squeaky. I order them regularly and have them shipped to my home from Wisconsin. So well, just You can maybe that. run for governor here, and then you don't got to get them shipped no more. <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard? <laughs> yeah. Mine's, I like to shoot guns. I mean, is that all right? And, oh, I typically carry a gun everywhere I go. Except not here. I, I flew here. I didn't want to fly my gun. I carry my gun everywhere. So I didn't have a lot of faith, too. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, something people don't know about me up until like five seconds ago, I was planning on robbing Danny Goki. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, one thing, and this is a little, I have a weird double earlobe. So if anybody wants to see it, I have no idea. See it? You see it? It's weird, right? I have no idea why I was born like that. 
It's cute. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. See, only at C-Suite for Christ can you get these types of things. Squeaky cheese curds and the double earlobe. Wonderful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, can we hear it again for our distinguished panelists? Let's give them a round of applause, huh? All right, so here's how this is going to work. We're going to need to give everybody a couple of minutes to, uh, to get to their stations, but we want everyone to have an opportunity to uh, shake some hands, to exchange some pleasantries, take a few pictures. So the way we're going to do this, so if this line right here, I don't know if I can stand on this, but if this is the center line, everybody on this side, you're going to start the VIP experience over here. So we're gonna have one of our guests underneath the screen. The other one is gonna be in a room this way. Individuals will share with you where you need to go. Same thing on this side. So if you're on this side over, you're gonna start here. One under the screen and then another one through the door. We're gonna have about an hour, an hour 15 for the meet and greet. So take your time, enjoy meeting our uh, guests of honor here today. And then once you do that, one of the things that I would encourage you to do also is please go into the hallway and support the vendor tables. Just go say hello to them, uh, learn a little bit more about who they are, but those wonderful organizations help make this night possible, and they're also helping to fund our ministry. So we'd really appreciate it if you'd spend some time with them. So with that, enjoy the meet and greet. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you back here at about 7.15 for the main program. Thanks, everybody. Need a trade show display? a lobby renovation. Heck, how about help with an event that you're hosting? Captivate Exhibits can do it all. Plus, they're an outspoken faith-based organization that puts Christ first in all that they do. Ready to captivate the attention of the masses? Then check them out today at CaptivateExhibits.com. That's CaptivateExhibits.com. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all. I saw you in my dreams before I came here.